0: This information is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is offered with the understanding that the presenters are not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert advice is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought. Hi, this is James Orr, and welcome to the Real Estate Financial Planner podcast, Inside the Numbers this is episode two previously we went over andrea's baseline scenario in episode one and today is going to be a very short episode because the only thing we changed from the last episode with andrea to this episode with andrea is that she is now collecting a hundred dollars more per month for each rental so if you want to you can go ahead and copy the scenario to your account and here's how we're going to modify it so i'm going to walk you through exactly what is different in this scenario compared to the last one. So I just looked into the uh, account. I clicked on it, and you could see that this is uh, the scenario. We're showing it's episode two. Nothing has changed. We t- we, we've renamed the scenario here. But all of the other assumptions are exactly the same as what we did before. Everything else is the same here. The description's a little bit different, but that doesn't impact anything. Down here, though, there are a couple little things that did get tweaked. So using the same account that we had last time, all the assumptions for that are completely identical. Here's one of the differences. So if you remember in the last episode, episode one, we had Andrea buying a property where she was getting $1,600 a month rent. So this is a new account. We call this account just $100 more in rent so I could differentiate it between the account, uh, the uh, property that she bought last time. But this one just says $100 per month more in rent. And you could see here that instead of being $1,600 rent with 3% appreciation, it says $1,700 per month in rent with 3% appreciation. So this is the property we used last time. It was earning $1,600. And you can see that these are not included because they're sort of redded out. They're a red background instead of the green background. These ones are not included in the scenario. Uh, they are just extra ones that we could use in other scenarios. But this one is being used, and the only difference is $1,700 a month in rent. So if we click in here, I'll just show you what the difference is. So the cash flow power meter, remember before in uh, episode one, the cash flow showed that she was just slightly positive managing it herself with cash flow. Uh, right now, you can see that the black line is, is about halfway through the part here where she's managing herself. If it was more cash flow, she was getting maybe 1800 It would probably be up here where it's positive cash flow, even if she had a professional property manager. Because remember, Andrea is managing the properties herself at this point. So, this just shows you the cash flow power meter, shows you that's a little bit better than it was before. I renamed the property. So, it's a different name. It's $100 more per month in rent. Same, no city, no state, no zip code. Same $250,000 property. Same interest rates, same mortgage term, same down payments, same loan amount, same mortgage payments, same principal interest taxes, insurance, same PITI, HOA, and PMI. All this is identical. PMI is the same. Um, closing costs are the same. Rent-ready costs are the same. Seller concession she's not getting any. Those are the same. Same land value for calculating depreciation. Same accounts she's depositing to for both down payment and also operating expenses and income on the property. Same uh, no delay in starting rents. This is different because she is getting, instead of $1,600 a month in rent, she's getting $1,700 per month in rent. And in episode one, in the main episode, we walk through all the different ways that she could increase rent on a property. And so we, uh, we already covered that there. So go listen to that if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, rent depreciation rate, that's the same 3%. Everything else is the same here. So the only thing that then matters is now some of the Um, returns we're getting. So her cash flow is a little bit better. Before it was very close to break even. Now she's making almost $90 a month in positive cash flow. And so you can kind of get an idea of how those work. Everything else is completely identical. It does change the return in dollars quadrant. The appreciation return is going to be the same. The debt pay down uh, return is going to be the same. The tax benefits return is going to be exactly the same. But this cash flow number is now going to be different. So that adjusts the total and then her return on investment, the cash flow number is also going to be different, which also affects the total. So you could see those and how they impact things. Uh, return on equity is going to be the same thing here. Appreciation, debt payment, tax benefits are all the same, but cash flow is going to be slightly higher. And then that total return on equity is going to be higher. And then if we're calculating in reserves, the cash flow number is going to change, which is going to impact other things as well. So you can go look at all those, but basically it is going to be the same stuff as we had last time, except for that $100 more in rent. So, I mean, this is like the only little change we made. Everything else in the scenario is completely identical. The other thing that you'll want to just double check to make sure you're doing if you're going to make any adjustments like this on your own is make sure that the rule that we use uses the right property. So, uh the paycheck and personal expenses that's completely the same it doesn't do anything different. Passive income is completely the same, but buying a property when they count as a down payment, you could see on here that the property we're buying is the $100 more in rent one and not the typical rental property that we had last time. So, you'll just want to make sure when you go in here and edit that that when you're saying buy more properties and You know, what scenario are you applying it to? That's the scenario you're doing. And then which property you're buying, instead of it being the typical rental property, we're using that $100 more per month in rent to show that's the property we want to buy. Other than that, nothing has changed. I mean, literally everything is the same here. So uh, there's not a lot going on. And then when you go and run the property and run the scenario, once you've saved it, you can run the scenario and it will do all the results for you so you can see that. All right. And then when we come down here, you can go and dig into any of the charts. You can see we're doing two accounts. Uh, we have that uh, the, the kind of all-in-one all account and the default cash account. There's nine properties, eight rentals, one she's living in. We're using three rules. We're using a rule for her income. We're using a rule for social security, and we're using a rule to buy properties. Uh, she achieves financial independence in month 119. She achieves her ideal target monthly income that's kind of like ideal $20,000 a month in month 425. She never achieves the goal of having two times her ideal for kind of resiliency. Uh, she has about $17.93 million in net worth. Uh, the $4,000 is her target monthly income. She's usually a 4% safe withdrawal rate. starts in April 22. It's when I ran it. The max amount of income required in order to qualify to buy the properties in this case was just under $3,600 a month, which is great because she's making $4,000 a month. We could see a summary of everything if we click here. So you could see this. Look at all the details for like what she's doing. It walks you through the rules and what the assumptions were when she buys her properties. So you can go drill through all this on your own when you copy it to your account. And then if you want to see a report on that, you can do that. And if you want to see the blueprint, you can look at the blueprint. If you want to drill down and look at uh, any of the charts, you can also click on this chart button and it shows you charts. You could do all sorts of different things. You could show the significant events or not show the significant events. You could toggle them on or off. Um, you can compare it to two different scenarios. So if you happen to copy uh, both the, um, the one for episode two. And if you want to add our episode one in there, we can just add that to the chart. And then we can compare the two. And you can compare any different metric, any of the charts to show that. So this is comparing net worth for that. And you can can even show the two different significant events, you know, when she achieves financial independence for one or the other. You can look at all that. But these are all the different charts you can do. So if I go and I'll just go remove episode one, I'll just look at uh, the episode two one that we were doing. And if you want to see, like, her asset allocation uh, advance, you can now see, like, like what percentage of her assets are in different things. And there's literally, I don't know, 50 different charts you can look at here to see anything you want to do. You can look at total of equity. Um, you can look at total cap rates. You can look at her total true cash flow or cash out refinance equity, how much she has in reserves, uh, the number of months of reserves. You know, number of properties owned, oh, number of properties paid off, number of properties purchased, resold. You can see all this different stuff. And then if you want to, you can drill into any of her accounts. So you can look at any account balance and see all that. So it shows you your account balance. If she has multiple accounts, you can look at those. You can look at any owned property charts. So you can look at, um, you know, the appreciation for each individual property that she owns. So we can toggle off all these additional ones and just look at that first property that she bought. Or if you want to compare the first properties you bought to or eighth property, you can compare all those and do that. Um, you can look at cash flow on any individual property to kind of see how all those are doing. And you could toggle those on or off or zoom in and see whatever you want to do there. So uh, you have access to all these different charts and you can kind of look at these to compare almost. It's just like unprecedented insight into anything you want to do. You want to see what the maintenance is on any given property or what the Mortgage balance is on any given property. You could see all this stuff. You want to adjust this chart for inflation. You can now see what it looks like in inflation adjusted. You want to put on, you know, just look at the first 12 months. You can look at the details on that. You can see all the details there. Or maybe you want to look at month 36 through 100. Well, now you can look at all those and see how all those kind of play out. You can zoom in and see more. So, all this stuff that you want to do for her scenario. And then feel free to go in and copy the scenario to your account. If you're similar to Andrea, but you make a different amount of money, or you uh, are, are buying properties and they're not two hundred fifty thousand dollars, they're five hundred thousand dollars, and your rents are not sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred, they're now you know thirty four hundred, or your insurance is very different, or. You know, your target monthly income for your retirement, you're like, how can someone live on $4,000 a month? I would need to have $400,000 a month to live on. You can change all those assumptions and rerun it and then see the charts for your particular situation. That's why we designed the software for that. Otherwise, uh, enjoy the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next episode inside the numbers where it's going to be very different because Andrea is not going to buy any property rentals. She's only going to buy one property to live in, and she's going to invest in stocks. For the entire time so that's going to be a little bit different so check it out for there this has been james Orr with the real estate financial planner inside the numbers podcast see you next time bye bye for now oh i almost forgot you can download the newest version of the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet for free just go to realestatefinancialplanner.com forward slash spreadsheet to download it right now it's amazing Bye-bye for now.